Hi, and welcome to Hypothetically Intentional, where we ask the question, what if we set intentions with everything we did? I am your co-host and son, Andrew. And I am your co-host and mom, Michelle. And today we are going to be talking about uh, a video that mom found by Alan Watts about Wu Wei, the art of not, what was it, not forcing, forcing of not forcing. So we're going to talk about that video and what we thought about it. But first, what do we have to do first? First, we need to set an intention. I feel like the videos lead to intentions. <laughs> <laughs> like, what if the intention is to be in flow? Be in flow. What do you mean when you say be in flow? I mean, not forcing. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I've been in the grind lately, like the grind of daily life or like the grind of making things happen. But what if instead of making things happen today, we allow things to unfold? Okay. Is that weird? No, I think that's good. It's uh, very connected to what the what the video was about. So yeah, I think if in order to if, if that doesn't quite make sense right away, we'll just stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and we'll go into it a bit more. Yeah. So, do you want to give a, uh, an overview of what what the uh, the video was about? Sure. Um, he was talking about. Wu Wei and the art. I think he said Wu Wei. I think the emphasis was on Wei. I don't know exactly the proper pronunciation. But he was talking about the art of translated Wu means no or a, like a negative, not negative, but uh, I can't Negation. Think. Negation. That's the word I was looking for. So not, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And then Wei was various things, whether it was making or um, action or, but he said the best translation that he found was forcing. So not forcing. Um, and he was just talking about how, you know, seeing, I guess one of my favorite takeaways from this was seeing the world through the eyes of a child and how they see things maybe with fewer labels than we do over the course of life. Um, and there were many more layers to that that I'm sure we'll dive into, but I think that's the one that I want to focus on the most because I found his uh, recommendation to observe the world like without observing blue and labeling it blue but just to see it was interesting so that's me diving right in but yeah no i think just to sort of expand on that a little like i i like the vibe that i got from the video was very much of like a go with the flow mm -hmm. sort of thing <laughs> um which is maybe a uh like a americanized uh uh like uh saying idiom to to sort of get roughly the same concept so you were talking about about it being like a child, and yeah. Oh, so I, I I really like what you what what you're saying about it being like a child, and um, to me it almost reminds me of specifically not labeling things, mm -hmm. um, because labeling things I think is often, if not always, uh, an act of forcing to a certain extent, where you are you are observing something and then putting it into a box you know you're sticking a handle on it and that's super duper useful we've talked about that before on the podcast how powerful labels are but it's also i think there's a lot of value in not doing that and and children the connection to children that i made just based off what you were saying and maybe this is what you were saying children don't have labels for everything like when you're when you're little you're like you don't know all the words like right so you can just observe things without knowing the words like i have you ever thought about i think about it with dogs 
like how they must think without language like 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 i think about like when i'm when i'm when i'm like pouring out their food for for our dogs lego and yeti um i give them three scoops every time right one two three and i think about like like they get excited for the third one and like that's when they start to move in like they know that that's their time but they don't have the words for one two or three right they don't have that so they just like 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 their whole mind operates in a completely different way because we are so so reliant on words at least in our conscious you know front of our brains um so like those times when you can when you can let that go and just observe without putting words to everything i think is really cool and like it's a really fun thought experiment to just like think like from the eyes of a dog or a, a child who doesn't know language yet or maybe doesn't know all the language yet or doesn't know the word for the thing you're trying to find yeah I, I, so when i was listening to it and i have notes i probably want to like look at and go through but i want to be in this conversation first because one of my favorite things when I taught preschool was witnessing kids witness the world. And as you were speaking and talking about them observing or even the dogs, kids are in exploration because they don't know, because they've never seen that thing before. And mm -hmm. that was my favorite thing when I taught preschool. But also when you kids were little, I had days where I was just having really hard days and I found myself going to you guys and witnessing how you witness the world because from the simplest little thing i don't even remember which one of you it was but one of you one day was like just playing you were like brushing your eyelashes on your finger and you were like mom what are these cuddly things on my <laughs> eyes and i was just like what cuddly things are? i thought you were talking about your eyebrows right like and it might have been jake i feel like it was i think it was jake. jake but you know there's these and i was like oh you mean your eyelashes and, and then like what are they for and <laughs> so like we put the name so we could talk about the thing but really he was just in this exploration of like what is this soft thing on my eye and what's its purpose and you know what if the purpose is nothing which it wasn't like we kind of talked about well it helps protect things from falling into your eyes and you know we, uh -huh. we went to that brainiac space but it was just on my hardest days and I don't mean hard because you kids were hard I mean like because internally I was sad or internally I was struggling with like my mindset or something like that I would I learned over time that witnessing you boys exploring the world always taught me something and I saw just the simplest thing in a magical way that I just I forgot how beautiful green leaves are and how they have veins and lines and what a pretty pattern it makes that I would that I that childhood you know that childhood view was gone for me so this exploring the world versus labeling it or forcing it or trying to weave it in a certain kind of way I don't know it was beautiful so this video brought a lot of that in for me reminded me that when I'm having a hard day to really even if I'm not in the presence of a child, I can embrace my inner child and go there. Yeah, I think like like I, I that's really cool because like I think there's a lot of um, like 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 when you're told the answer, right? Quote unquote the answer mm -hmm. um, of oh you know why do my eyebrows or eyelashes exist or whatever? And it's like to keep things from falling your eyes. Like it's I, like like very natural and very helpful to to okay that's the answer. Lock that away. That I've now acquired this new knowledge. But I think there's a lot of value and like underrated value in asking again, 
you yes. know, in a, a new time, like, like, I'll be like, like question it again later. Is that like the only reason or like, you know, just observe it again as a child, you know, try to go back to that state. Um, I, I feel like it's like, like, like if you're like reading a mystery novel and you already know the answer, then it's not very interesting. <laughs> but this is like, this isn't like a mystery novel because it's not just one answer. Like, like there could be, there could be countless, you know, explanations for things. Um, I have two stories to tell with that. Can yeah, I tell them? Do a little it. bit of a segue, but so yeah. like the eyelash thing, when you said for another purpose, I was like, there is another purpose. And it's a story from when I taught preschool. Okay. There was a little boy in my preschool class who his mom told this story once then, cause he had these beautiful long eyelashes, right? They just served him well. They were just gorgeous. And she said, Oh, and he knows cause we were commenting on how long and beautiful they were to his mother. And she's like, Oh, and he knows how to use them. She's like, he gets in trouble and he looks at me and he exactly what you're doing right now he tilts his chin down he looks out the top of his eyes and he bats his eyes and he says but mama i handsome (laughs) (laughs) i was like well he learned how to work the world didn't he (laughs) oh i gotta use that one it was so funny you know and so then we would joke about it you know and we would also look for that trick that he (laughs) used so we didn't fall for it Uh because he was just you know those eyelashes that every every person wants if you want to like be noticed in that way right it's just like those eyelashes were so thick didn't need a thing he was three years old you know he was just absolutely uh it just made me giggle and then the other thing you were talking about the mystery novel and how like if it's not a mystery then it doesn't matter well not to my mother when my mother reads books (laughs) when my mother read books she would read the last chapter just to put her mind at ease so she knew what happened so that then she could relax and read the book and enjoy it and it didn't matter to her that she knew how it ended so i just find that fascinating yeah it still fascinates me yeah that like i know other people who do that too my my grandpa on my dad's side did that too and it's just like um it's very, it's a different experience, I feel like. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I guess, like, 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 one of my favorite things to do, like, like, especially, I really appreciate it when a story leaves some mysteries unsolved, because those are really fun to theorize about. And, like, the process of going through a mystery is so much fun for me, because it's really, it's, it's not... You, you think it's about deducing what happened, you know, looking at all the facts and applying logic and all of that. But in my experience, at least with like a fictional story like that, and I think in general, it's not that that comes in later, maybe some of that logic and rationality. But when you're going through that story, it's about your imagination. What can you imagine cause these things to happen? And like, like, what does that what does that, you know, bring to mind and it's 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 you're creating these different possibilities these different worlds these different timelines of what could have maybe happened and see how they fit and then later you apply rationality to 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 discern which one you think is the most likely maybe or maybe you just have fun and just let your mind go wild but um like that is just such a fun exercise in creativity that like i think you don't really think about a lot when you think about a mystery novel if that's our example that we're going with. Well, I love that. And I love the creativity piece that you said too, because I feel like exploring the world, I hear creativity and open-mindedness, right? Like the way children explore the world, I feel like they don't have a lot of preconceived notions. So back to the mystery novel, the way my mom and your grandfather read a mystery novel, 
to me, is a very adult way to read the book. They have the experience, they know, they think they know what's going to happen, they they have sort of the end result because they have the experience because they've already gone to the end, so to speak, right? They've mm-hmm. gone to the, they've done this thing before. Whereas if you don't read the last chapter, much like a child, you're exploring it in real time, you're living it in the moment, you don't have all the answers. If you've never read a mystery novel before, you really have no idea where it's going, right? And mm-hmm. it's this explore, exploration and creative way of, I don't know, it's fascinating to me. Like diving into this piece of this 13 minute video or whatever it was is fascinating that we're landing here. But I just think how it can be really rigid to live through the eyes of an adult um, versus living through the eyes of a child. That being said, you know, sometimes kids get scared for things that adults don't understand why they might be scared simply because it's unknown and they have a different label attached to that thing. I'm thinking about another preschool moment, which is going to happen this episode, apparently, because we're talking about kids. But there was a time where one of the kids, we were going to the apple orchard uh, and he misheard us and he was just crying. And I was like, what's wrong? You know, don't you want to go on this field trip? And he was just like, I don't want to go to the apple torture. (laughs) And I was like, okay, hang on. (laughs) I can understand why that might feel scary to you. Let me just clarify. This isn't an apple torture. We're going to an orchard and that's different. Do you want to talk about what that might look like and what that is? And then I just needed to like explain at least a little. So Mm -hmm. he knew. (laughs) Oh, it was just so cute. Yeah. Um, but so the eye of a child thing and viewing the world without without labeling it or even just being willing to explore the world, even if you have labels for all the things, is mm-hmm. was an eye-opening thing for me. The other um, really, well, I think in the name of kids. So as, I mean, as we're talking about the kids, I probably have one more note in my notes that might be a little bit, I think of it as childlike simply because, well, I guess there's probably still adults that do this too. But at one point he said something about, um, you know, if you choose to break all the rules, that that's still living by the rules. living by the rules. It's just a mirror image of it. Uh-huh. Like the rules are still forcing you or dictating to you how you're going to live just because you're doing the opposite of them. They're still a key player in your life. And I mm-hmm. thought that was fascinating because I was like, you know, growing up teenagers, most teenagers I know, myself included, like people you talk to that are teenagers or have been teenagers are not afraid to say, I'm finding who I am and I'm going to go against the grain because I don't want to be like everyone else, right? Like I'm going to take these rules and I'm going to break them. Mm-hmm. Heck, I say that when I teach Zentangle. I'm giving you the rules so that we can break them and do other things, but the mm-hmm. rules are still a key player in what you're doing. Um, and I just thought that was really fascinating because um, I never would have gone there with the whole, you know, if you're breaking the rules, you're still living by the rules. I just wouldn't have connected those dots in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I agree completely. Like I I, I feel like I've I've met a, a fair number of people who are like very contrarian in that way, and they feel the same way in the same way that a lot of like they feel very similar to one another in the same way that people who follow the rules all the time or feel similar to one another. Like like it's um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I thought it was cool. And then um, just the becoming as a child, you know, it's one thing to see the eyes or see the world through the eyes of a child. Like, that's beautiful. And I did that a lot when you kids were little. And now as I'm doing my own work and helping others do theirs, I find the encouragement is to become your own child. Like so many people that I'm meeting along the way and myself included on some on some level too, just didn't play as a kid. I played plenty, but I also held back from play as a child for fear of 
right? Breaking a rule or not fitting in or like whatever, whatever, whatever. And to really, truly just be in that exploration stage of a child who doesn't, isn't looking or wondering about what anyone else is thinking. They're literally saying, what is this thing over here? I don't even know what to call it because I don't have a word for the color. I don't have a word for the shape. I don't have, I don't know what it's used for. I don't know why it's here. And then that exploration of, well, let's pick it up, touch it, maybe put it in our mouth and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, you know, let's play with things and explore them. And I think exploration and play can very much be the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think children teach us so much on so many levels. I just thought it was interesting how you brought them into this so much with the no forcing. Try and force a toddler to do something they don't want to do. Mm -hmm. Have fun with that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I've like so so to go back to what you said about play for a second. Like I've I I, see I've I've done a so I took a class last semester on like it was like a philosophy class on like tabletop gaming. It was a really interesting class. and we we talked a, a lot about play and what that means. Um, and one of the really interesting takeaways from that class and some of like the articles that we read um, was this idea that play is like like it is not because like this this article was like a response to someone who had said like play is like pushing against all rules and like 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 uh, it, it is it is it is like playing without rules. You know, I guess I use the word play there, but, it, you know, in the usual sense of the word play, it's, it's you know, acting without rules to have fun or whatever, something like that. Um, but this article sort of pushed back against that a bit and was like, it's not without rules, it's with constantly changing rules. It's with, you know, it's like, think of like a sandbox, sin, sandbox, kids will build walls in sandboxes and then they'll push them over and build new walls and like do new things. And that is what play is. It's like the, the experimentation with, with different, um, uh, different structures and realities and seeing where they go, seeing where they lead you and being willing to not be attached to them and just drop them on a moment's notice to try something else. And it's just like, like that is, I, I love that description of play. I think it's really cool. Yeah, and that's actually when you said not, you know, not attaching to, you know, the thing that you're building or whatever, that's where I went with the sandbox. I'm like, that is so beautiful because it is that it is the purpose isn't to build a thing that lasts forever. Mm -hmm. It's to explore. It's It's to let it be and then destroy it and then build it into something new. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, that's why I love to write with pencil as opposed to pen. Yeah, writing with pencil as opposed to pen. I love that. Um, I'm not afraid to scribble things out. I don't need things to be neat and tidy all the time. I scribble out all the time. I can't remember the last time I wrote with a pencil other than in Zentangle for shading. But kids exploring the playground or the play bo- or the sandbox uh, is an amazing... I'm like, we're back to non-attachment, which is what we talked about before, about attachment versus non-attachment, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, yeah, I had another thing come in with the sandbox and the kid playing in it, but I don't remember what it was, so oh, no, maybe we just I'm let sorry. it go. No, it's okay. We do that a lot because we, we get bounced off of each other a lot about things, and um, yeah. Ooh, can I share another story? Oh, yes, Well, sort of story. Another experience I had as a child um, that, that sort of ties it back to that, like, losing labels and approaching things from a new sense. Um, I remember happened quite a bit when I was young. It hasn't happened in a long time. 
Um, but usually like when I was in bed, like trying to fall asleep, every now and then I would become really like sort of take that perspective of like my own awareness and like be like, like I remember I would get in these cycles of just saying, this is weird, this is weird, this is weird, this is weird, this is weird. And the thing that was weird was being aware and existing in the universe and like having a mind and being able to perceive things and make decisions and make judgments like this is weird which is why it would like sort of cascade like that and then be like and like every time it would feel like more and more um but it would be like further and further away from myself and like i feel like like that was like i it, it was this very like existential like feeling and it was just like completely devoid of all words or labels and it felt like approaching like my own brain from a child like if that makes sense like in the way that we've been talking where you're where you're detached from it and uh almost playing with it yeah and that's funny that you said that story because that was the other thing that came in when you were talking about the sandbox it was there was there's an awareness with the ex like you have to be aware and open-minded as you're exploring something like a sandbox. If you're if you're not aware and open-minded, or at the very least, if you're not open-minded in a sandbox, if you build a structure and your big brother comes along and stomps it down, <laughs> you're going to be devastated because you worked hard on that thing and you wanted it to stay. I don't think Jake ever stomped down any of my things in a sandbox. I just want to set oh. the record straight. It was not accusing or even speaking of you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, I mean, I'm just thinking about like even even how kids show up in a sandbox some of them are much more fluid and in flow and not forcing and others are like no no I want to hang on tight because I worked hard on this thing and I'm not saying either one is right or wrong I'm just saying it's an interesting like the sandbox is a really interesting universe so to speak mm -hmm. to play within this idea of not forcing and what it looks like to truly explore as a child without labels or attachments versus I'm not saying childs don't have children don't have attachments. I'm just saying like there's a lot of different layers that you could unpack within that one little sandbox. Mm -hmm. What tools do you use to build your things? Is it just your hands? Do you go find other resources? I mean, I don't know. There's just so many cool things. Yeah, I think that would be a whole nother episode to go. Oh yeah, I'm not saying we need oh, to go yeah. there. I'm just saying it's it's cool to think about. And then when my adult brain kicks in, we go to places like that versus just being in the moment as a child, <laughs> right? And exploring a day in a sandbox which you're going to explore all the like maybe there's a dog in the neighborhood maybe there's maybe you look at the sun and wonder what the heck that thing is i mean all the distractions as a child i can't imagine what that's like because i don't remember i remember being in awe and wonder of things but i don't remember necessarily as a young child what that might have like what that felt like or what that exploration was like and i don't really know how i showed up like was i fearful was i courageous you know, did I dive all into things or did I observe first? You were all in. Yeah. For the most part, you like to explore. There wasn't a lot that you like hesitated about that I can think of. With all the five my senses. Head. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. A lot of things went in my mouth. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and you were a sensory kid. Like you liked to explore things. You didn't care if it got you dirty or, you know, or if it felt prickly or, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I think that's a good place to wrap up. For I think it's a good place because I think we got segued. <laughs> like we went off on a tangent for a little bit. So on our next episode, we'll we'll come back and talk about the other piece of this that I thought was super interesting. What was the other piece? 
The other piece was the the talking more about the not forcing, less about like the childlike wonder and more okay. about not forcing actually. So we'll talk more about the titular Wu Wei, yeah. not forcing, next Sounds week. Sounds good. Bye, be you every day. No, you have to do the. Oh. You can find us. <laughs> Please like and subscribe. We love that you're here and we love the support of the likes and the subscribes. And you can find us on social media on Facebook, JID Wellness, Instagram, JID Studio, and our website at JID, J A I D E E Wellness.com. And you can email us at info at JID Wellness.com. And we would love to hear um, anything you have to say, any requests about things you want us to look at or talk about. We are in. Yeah. I think that's a wrap. I think that's good. Bye. Be you every day. Bye. (laughs) Bye.